live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper. You are live from the Path. Coming to the Pastaway Studios. Did I say Pastaway? Uh, I'm well, trying to figure that out. What did you say? <laughs> I mean, that's rough times. Uh, we're in the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. Uh, it's going to be with you on this Monday. I uh, hope it's going well for you. So I went to a I went to a funeral this week. Ooh. Well, yeah, I was a funeral. I went, I went to the visit to the visitation. I mean, it was like uh, it was like my wife's uh, uh, grandpa's brother, right? So it's a little far removed. So whatever. Okay. So we went to the visitation and whatnot. And like it was a, it was a fairly new church, and uh, I was stooping around the place, and I found out that they are on propane. Like the the two things struck me when I when I drove in this church. One, the driveway's got to be a quarter miles long, and there's both an entrance and an exit, right? And so I thought there got to be a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of concrete here. And then secondly, they on propane. Is that the new one they they built outside of Altoona? Yeah, yeah, in the county, you know, in between uh, Altoona and Pleasant Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they on propane. They heat the place with propane. And I heat my house with propane. I have no idea how they afford this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I just I thought you know if if these were the options, and uh, and we were had to dish out the Lord's money, I think you know maybe we should do fireplaces or something. Like it's got <laughs> like, co- like wood burning. <laughs> it's just got to cost them a truckload of money to run propane in that church. I mean it's I mean it's okay. It's not like it's sinful or anything. But I just thought I'm like man. I mean there's two 500 gallon tanks sitting back there. I bet they got to fill those every couple months. Maybe the pro can propane man goes to their church and he just brings it he steals it from his own company uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what i was gonna yeah. yeah a good christian man who thieves propane from his employer good damn I mean, what if he owns the propane company i yeah, mean that'd yeah. be different yeah yeah that's what i was gonna but i mean i, I mean I, there's tithing and then there's say two thousand dollars every couple of weeks for a guy that runs a propane business i think that might be a little bit above your income level all right. All right. Anyway, it's a lot of grills. <laughs> hey, have you guys ever had to file an amended tax return? Uh, no, but I got audited by the IRS this year, and I, I, uh, I, I apparently four years ago, I claimed five thousand dollars less income than what I should have. Oh. Ouch. Now it was an even five grand, so I assume that I fat fingered it and was not unintentionally trying to defraud the IRS. Yeah. Uh, or here's what I think: there's two options. Either I fat fingered it and didn't notice, or two. Uh, I'm playing with the TurboTax just to see what impact it would be. Like, hey, if I made five thousand less, what would I, you know? Yeah, I've done that. Or more, what would I get? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, and, and I always like start my tax return, you know, January 10th when I have no information to put in there. I'm just kind of guessing at figures or looking at my December 15th paycheck or whatever. And then I gotta hope I go back and remember to change everything I was supposed to. Oh no. So uh, anyway, I, that's I kind of funny because I do the exact same thing. Yeah. Like as soon as TurboTax has a legit. You know, copy available. I'm like, let's get this started. Yeah. You know, and I'll fire a bunch of things, and then I'll forget. To, and that's what happened to me this year. I forgot. They sent me like, and it was like halfway through February. Um, my wife had gone on a missions trip and, and apparently they're a 5013C company. Mm. And so say so they send me this, this tax, this tax sheet that says, Hey, you donated. I mean, it was thousands of dollars for this thing, you know? And like, I'm like, man, I, this is legit claimable. Whatever tax deduction, yeah, and I had already filed my taxes. I had it done tenth of February. It was gone. <laughs> I thought, crap, I'm gonna file an amendment. Like, I mean, it's, it's it, they owe me legit money back. Yeah, and so yeah, it was weird. I've never had to do it before. I was, and you got to mail it in. It's totally caveman. Like, if you get it right the first time, you can electronic everything. But as soon as you start doing amendments, they want to see paper and pen. Hmm. Uh, oh, actually, so when it came to, they sent me the notice and said, hey, you owe, you owe. Uh we think you made an extra five grand, even five grand, and you owe us an extra $800. And I thought, okay, yeah, that seems legit. Uh, and so they said, uh, look, you, uh, you can, re- you can set up a payment plan. What was it? You can set up a, per- oh, first of all, you have to respond to the notice. If you don't respond, we assume that, uh, you agree. And I thought, well, it's cheaper and takes me a lot less time just to not respond and assume that I agree because I do agree. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so then I go online about a month later and I thought, I'll just, I'll just pay this thing. I'll just pay off, uh, the, cause I'd got, uh, I'd gotten my tax return. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, yeah. I'll just pay it right back at them. No problems. I go in there and they're like, you owe zero dollars for taxes. I'm like, what? I want to pay, 
I want to pay this 800 bones I owe. And uh, for the life of me, I can't get them to reflect that I actually owe them $800. They send me a thing and say, hey, you can set up a payment plan online. And here was the deal. You can either send them like the 800 bucks right away, no problems. Uh, or you can set up a payment plan online, and it was going to cost like $180. So you have penalties every month and everything. Well, and... well right. But, but like, uh, no, that's the cost of setting up the payment plan. Oh. Like, it was irrelevant to, like, the interest. There's, like, an origination fee. Yeah. And it was an out. I said, like, don't you want me to set up the payment plan? And most people are, like, offering discounts for setting stuff up online so you don't call in. And, like, if you call in, it's, like, also a, 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 a it costs money. The only way that they won't charge you to set up a payment plan, which is what I assume most people have to do. Yeah. Like, you got a tax problem. I only have $800 because they just sent me $800. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have to do the payment plan. And I thought, like, this is egregious. Uh, I'm trying to make good on my tax money in a short amount of time. And you like the, 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 it wasn't even a fee. It was just a flat out charge for setting up online. You huh. should, you should write them a critique. They, they like that. Yeah. You feel, feel like they're going to take interest to it. Yeah. Go I feel, all the way to the top. Yeah. <laughs> they'll open it right up and then Trump going to find out about it. He's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Ben's having this problem. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, so, so I'm still sitting on it. It's like, it's, I have $800 stashed back. Waiting for them time to acknowledge that I agreed to this this thing just so I can pay it. Now, weren't we just talking about before the show started? Like, sometimes you just got to do the thing. Why don't you just respond to the notice? So it's too late. It, I had like, I had 60 days to respond. Why did, did But you didn't. Because they said they would assume that I uh, agreed to it. And yeah, I thought, they kind of well, gave you an out. Yeah, I agreed to it. Yeah, Great. but, <laughs> I mean, was there a way to respond on the thing and send it back? Say, yeah, I understand this. You yeah. just didn't. But they they said if I didn't respond, I agreed. They shouldn't have said that. They should have said, "Look, you got to tell us, or we're going to take you to court." And I was fine. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll respond directly. But they said, "Look, we're going to assume you agree to it if we don't hear from you by X date." I thought, fantastic. I just won't respond. I agree. And then the day after, I thought I'll log on and pay it. Great. And it's it's just not now. It's just sitting out there. You should have responded to them. I mean, I've learned my lesson. Next time, I guess. That's like saying that's like your grandma writing you a letter and be like, "Ben, if I don't hear from you, I'm going to assume you love me." And then you're like, good, I'm glad I don't have to write grandma. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm right. I'm going to tell her nothing. You're right. Apples to apples. That's the <laughs> yeah. exact same, <laughs> yeah, exact same problem. <laughs> you're a heartless dementor. My grandma says, you know, I could be dead. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so last, last month I, uh, I paid my house payment and like, you know, it's due the first and like the, on the, whatever, the 16th or something is when it's, or 18th, whatever it is, is, is when it's like late and you get a yeah. fee. And I, I'm watching my bank account and I'm like, man, I have a lot of money. You know, this is really weird. And I'm looking at stuff. They, well, they never took my money out, right? Because I always paid online. Yeah. And uh, so then I thought, okay, now we're getting close enough. Well, that, I got online, and it's like, yep, there's the payment. And I said, well, there's the reversal. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, <laughs> I did not reverse my payment. <laughs> and, and it was there was money in there. So I thought, oh no, I got to call. No, nothing worse no. than calling the corporate <laughs> world, you know. Yeah. And so I go through the 900 steps and all the buttons, and and I finally talked to someone. I said, hey, what what's going on? And she goes, yeah, you reversed it. I said, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> and she's reading stuff. Anyway, long story short, I put the wrong routing number in. Oh. Because uh, I never saved that stuff. I was like, I don't know. I just don't want, just don't want that information out there. Yeah. I don't know if it still is. But um, I'm like, oh. She goes, well, here's the deal. You can pay it right now. But it'll be a $15 fee unless you use the phone option and call back. Oh, well, you well, got to hang up and go to the automated phone. No, if phone. I do it, it's a fee. If you do it online, it's a V, but if you call back and do the automated thing, it's, I'm like, Ugh. I'm already on the phone with you. I know. I'm right here. We're talking. <laughs> I can do it. It's going to cost you money. I'm like, ah, it's going to be another 15 minutes on the phone, but I hung up and did it and everything worked. But, uh, that's just really weird. There, there's some very weird setups in the world like that. Our, our, our mission, our uh, adoption agency or whatever, it's a 3% charge if you pay them by credit card online. Yeah. But, or you can just mail a check in and it's fine. And it's, and it's well, the same the, price. Cause the card co- charges charge, 3%. Yeah. yeah. I hear what you're saying, but like, couldn't you just fluff the 3% in the cost of the thing and just do it that way and not tell me about it? I wouldn't care. Well, we do the same thing like with our sponsorship with the kids that we give an extra amount yeah. to cover it. Uh, Cause I think their budget, their budget's X amount. I think people can, I think people can, can figure that in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, the, it's, I have to know that there's a, an exchange of goods when you use a credit card. And so, like, if you just inflate your prices 3%, I won't know the difference. Cost of doing business? I'd say that's just fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, you're listening live from the path. Hey, I thought there was an interesting article out here. Uh, said the six, did anybody watch Billy Graham's funeral or listen to it or anything? I didn't. I caught a little bit of it. I thought about it. Mike, you know, when you say you caught a little bit of it, like you heard it on the radio or you watched it on the TV? No, I was eating at the Sugar Shack and I saw, I saw a little bit of what was going on. 
so it says as uh, the six songs at Billy Graham's funeral. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read you these six songs, and then uh, Mike and Dan, you need to tell me what's one guaranteed number that you want at your funeral. As of this point in your life, you'd say, I definitely want this one. Okay, ready? I'm gonna give you Billy Graham six. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's see. He said he had said uh, I I want a lot of music, uh, and I want people to sing. His six picks are Until Then. I'm uh, from 1958. Okay. Nope. Never heard of it. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Okay, yeah. I know that one. Like the old, like the 18th century. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, made hey. famous by uh, Whoopi Goldberg's Jesus. sister act. Oh. Maybe Whoopi sung it. Do you remember that? Yeah. It, it, was, it was that old woman that sang it. Uh, All hail. She was terrible. And everyone stopped. Nah, that's crowned him with many crowns. All hail. Uh, yeah, that's not the same tune, Ben. All hail. No, yeah, it is. No. Crown and many crowns. All hail. Yeah, that's no. crown and many crowns. All right. Uh, number three, above all. Performed by uh, Michael, Michael Smith? W. Smith. Above all. What the heck, Dan? That's all I remember of Belt it. Belt it out so we can really take it in. That's all I can think. <laughs> That's all I know. I know the two words. Uh, here we go. Because He Lives. I Can Face Tomorrow. Yep. Bill and Gloria Gaither. Performed by the Gaither Vocal Band. Hey, man, is that Wolf still part of that Gaither Vocal Band? Uh, Penrod? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm not on, I'm not up to the current goings around of the Gaither Vocal Band, but I don't know. I would, I would do that one. Uh, to God be the glory. Ah. Congress, uh, congregational singing led by Bloodsoup. And number six, Amazing Grace bagpipe escort led by pipe major William Bedecker. Ooh, I'll do that. You think Billy Graham insisted on the bagpipe? Or that was a flare that someone decided on? I don't know. I mean, because the tune is kind of robbed of its, of its, uh, you know, vocals, obviously. <laughs> if you just do the bagpipe. <laughs> Boy, they asked a lot of people. So uh, this is the article was on Christianity Today, and they had asked worship and hymnody experts what they thought of Graham's choices. Here's one guy, two guys, three guys. Nothing brings the church together like music. Four guys. Yeah. I mean, that's of different generations. Uh, <laughs> that's true. There's been no squabble about music ever since the church was instituted. <laughs> yeah, weird. Okay. Anyway, so so those are the six songs. Six songs at Billy Graham's funeral. Uh, Mike. I mean, you had to call it right now. The a number. Uh, it doesn't have to be the top song, but definitely one that you want included at your at your funeral. No longer slaves. Uh oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. No longer slaves. Yeah, I think I I think I do that one. Okay. Why? Because we're no longer slaves to fear. I am a child of God. Plus, the uh, Gavin will sing it. Plus, the kids from the from church sing it. <laughs> it makes me happy. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. I'm with it. Dan. I might have a little Johnny Cash going in the background. I went down, down, down in that. <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't do that one. Um, <laughs> a comic <laughs> relief from the deceased Dan. Didn't <laughs> bump. <laughs> so, okay, here's the deal. I, I've always had my, my two or three songs in my head. Okay. Since the 80s. And, uh, right now I'm, is, I'm in flux. Like in the 80s, it was, uh, Friends, Michael W. Smith, because that was the friend, you know, everybody sung that at the end of the camp week, and it was, like, sad. I thought, no, this is bigger than that. This is, like, friends will be, yeah, and this is bigger. This is, like, life and death stuff. This is big. I'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, in, in recent years, it's been the, um, uh, I was, what's, what's it? Uh, oh. Yeah, see? That's how prepared I am to die right now. <laughs> uh, I am not ready for death. <laughs> We, he will, we, we will rise, rise. What is it? Oh, uh, I, I will, will rise. rise. I will rise. But see, the problem is, I come up with this great idea, then everybody runs it into the ground, then I'm like, now I can't do that. Yeah, you're going to be cliche, Dan. Yeah, so problem. now I'm like in flux. I don't know what my, my, uh, uh, current. I, I wonder what the Apostle Paul would say to that question. I feel yeah. like he says, who gives a crap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he says, no, it's not 1980s him, it's nothing. Yeah, that's true. He's going to make, he's going to put a foot in the ground. Do you have one, Ben? Uh, I was just trying to think, um, oh, shoot, um, it, ha it is a, uh, it's, it's a, it's an old Southern Baptist hymn. Uh, doggone it. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to check something real quick. I, I think... might do Everywhere I Go by Tim Timoth. Okay. That one's, that one's spicy. Yeah. I'd give, I'd give it a lighthearted, lighthearted feel. I used to have a file. Uh, it's corrupt now. It's gone. But I, I had, just so my wife didn't have to worry about stuff and think about it, 
I, I said, I want to be buried in this suit. Now, now I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be a suit. But I, I had like every detail. Of my, like in my 20s, I had a file. When Dan dies, I had everything in there. This is what I want. This is what I want to speak. This is what the song's to be. With yeah. This I don't want you to have to think about it. I've already done it for you. How long into your marriage do you think couples start to have the conversation on what to do with them if, when they die? I think, well, like in us, all I can say, we started out early, then we skipped 30 years. Oh, <laughs> so you hashed it out right off the bat, and then you just hadn't brought it up again. Yeah, like then once we're like, well, what do you think? And like just lately, and like in the last five years, it's been like, hey, you know, we probably ought to get like uh, cemetery plots, you know, yeah, cemetery plots. Uh, you think that's a generational thing, or, or like it's just a preference thing? Because like I was, I was leaning towards just straight cremation. Like I, eh. you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but you need a plot for that too, or you don't have to. I guess well, you, can, well, yeah. you can be on the mantle. But um, I was going to, I was going to spread it in my backyard. Yeah, or have the kids do it. You know, I've, I've just recently been thinking maybe I don't want to do cremation because I've been doing thinking cremation. Yeah, and just just like in the last few months, I thought ah, maybe I don't want to. What's what's the hesitation, Dan? I don't know. <laughs> I guess no. Yes, I do know. I think, you know, we don't know everything. What what if they do feel it? <laughs> <laughs> I what, assume we don't. What if Dad gets to heaven and Jesus goes, "Hey, man, it's a resurrected body, <laughs> not a brand new body." <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> this is this is what's delaying my return. I got to pull all that junk back together. <laughs> You know what a mess that is? <laughs> Dad's walking around as a heap of ashes. Hey, Dad. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I made some mistakes. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think my wife and I were talking about it, and I think we're all right with just straight cremation. She's like, I don't care what happens to me. Yeah. He goes, you might, I mean, the only, the only considerations to have is like, if you want your kids to be able to visit somewhere, or, you know, I, I mean, you know, somewhere yeah. to go to. Um, but overall, eh, eh, you know, eh. That's been that's really that's been kind of my thought really has been like I, I I picture my uh my mom as a bag a bag of dust now I think well, that's weird yeah do you have do you have it Dan uh I, like we just buried her uh last summer oh it's been it's been years uh we just I just finally scraped the money together to actual barrier and I'm I've got two payments left on the headstone she'll have a headstone soon ooh all right yeah. boy and they don't put it out until you get it paid off huh oh no oh no. Yeah, my, I mean, I think that's kind of the done deal, Mike. I don't you know. Get, I, I can drive a car off the lot, Mike. I mean, can I get can I get yeah, a headstone off? Here's the deal: if you're the headstone company and someone catches wind of you going in and repossessing a headstone, yeah. I mean, that can't be good for business. Yeah, and what are they going to do with it? <laughs> yeah, I right. hope another Bernice Hudson goes soon. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you're you're host. You really do have to hold that back till someone pays it off. <laughs> so we had someone stop by our house this week, and uh, uh, the guy who used to live in our place died. Uh-huh. And his daughter stopped by the house and said, hey, uh, my dad really loved that big rock in your front yard. Do you think we could have it and make a headstone out of it? Oh, wow. And my wife's like, yeah, I, I mean, grand. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think. How the, much did he love it? Well, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's a weird rock, too. It says, like, R, uh, like, or it says J. Reynolds on it. I don't know where this rock came from. I like guess a weird rock. It's pretty big, you know. It's I, I bet it's got to be three feet tall by three feet wide. It's it's a pretty big rock, and and so like they came by and asked him for it. And my wife's like, you know, what what do you think? Would you be all right with that? She goes, basically, my thought is is like I think it's a cool rock, but it's obviously way more important to them than it is to me. It's just a rock, you know. And so I think we're gonna let them have it. They'll come by, and I don't know how they machine down that rock to make a sweet headstone or whatever, but I guess the guy really loved it. So we're gonna hand it over. That's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. Now I kind of want to get a rock. I mean, I, I don't want to move it all my places, though. I've got yeah. a rock in my fish tank. I might pick one out. Yeah, in case a small man dies. <laughs> Here Cremate goes. me and put me in lots of places with these headstones. With these, more put these around. Hmm. Maybe, can you make your own headstone? Like, do they have qualifications? Because it's pretty uniform right now, right? Like, uh, there's different designs or whatever, but they're pretty much smooth and yeah, and they're made very out of, specific in what areas of the cemetery can go, what can go where. I mean, could I make mine out of wood or something? Does it have to be out of stone? I, they I, don't. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't match the phrase headstone. If you make it out of wood, Mike, I mean, you can't I, put a head birch in there. I'm just saying, do they got? Yeah, is it one of those things that everyone just accepts? When I'm like, hey man, I could wood burn a. Pretty sweet headstone for myself instead of instead of having to pay all this money for it. Can I build a wood shack over my remains? <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're cremated and in the backyard, you can do what you want. But uh, in an actual cemetery, that they're very very detailed instructions. Hey, interesting found. to talk to like all the different. Uh, like, I certainly. So, I mean, because the, the people will do like uh, monuments, right? Like you could do big statues and such of people. And so, like, um, 
it does make you wonder what are the criteria. You know what would be interesting is, is to do a statue but have them put you in it like a suit of armor type of action. <laughs> like, they, like they pour concrete over your carcass? Yeah, yeah. Like don't cremate me and dump me in this hollow statue like I want to be in the statue and then, you know, if it were ever to break or fall, whatever, my remains would fall out. I think I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's kind of hip. But have it, but have the statue sitting down, a Lincoln style. Can I make it twenty pounds lighter? Yeah, yeah. You can, sh- me up you a can shave off a little. Sure, <laughs> give me some abs. <laughs> that'd be awesome. I mean, do you think you'd have a hard time finding a guy that'd be willing to do that? To like cast concrete over a over a a human body? I mean, a mafia does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should be able to find somebody willing to do this. I'm a bronze statue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. It's a probably delicate so- subject for people. And maybe it's not to be made light of, but I, I just, I, I just wonder if it's like one of those things that people only have to deal with it so many times in their life that you just accept the 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 standard wheel that's there. Yeah, right? I would, I would think so. Like when someone dies, like um, you have this concept of not, uh, of you, you get run through a process, right? Like you don't have a command over this thing. Like you might make a few decisions. Yeah. People are like presenting you things, and other people yeah. are kind of like moving you through because you don't know how to do it. Which means that most things will look and feel the same. Simply because no one stops and says, hey, I want to do this differently. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes, I mean, it makes sense on a certain level. You don't need to be an expert in funerals. There's no reason to. Uh, and for the most part, you want to make it as painless as possible, which means you're going to run them through what you know to be easy uh, as far as, like, uh, how to go about the processes. But you're right. They're not offering the deluxe option and say, did you want the bronze cast? I mean, we're picky about everything else in this world, right? You know, like, we won't put up with nothing. We got we got five different ways to order a, a cup of coffee. People are super picky when it comes to the houses they're buying. But like at the process of death, which is obviously you're trying to handle grief and a bunch of these, you know, administrative stuff going on at the, you know, you're just like, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Just show me the five choices. I'll pick one of them. We'll move on. Right. Yeah. yeah. But like, but like there's no other area of American society that we put up with that. You know, the fast food restaurants are just, I mean, we demand 85 items be ready in under a minute and a half. And if it doesn't, by golly, we'll go to the Arby's and we can put up with this, but not not in the funeral department. We just kind of like we'll accept it and then just and move on. It's it's odd to me that it hasn't caught on where people start you know saying hey look we're gonna make our own headstones out of you know degraded beetle <laughs> beetle shells. I don't know people are weird like that. Did, did you see the uh, atheists are trying to, to actually make them remove all the cross tombstones like in Arlington? No. Yeah, I mean like actually remove it. It's like in process uh, some court thing right now. And I thought, I mean that's a lot. That's even like here in Iowa, you know, the Veterans Memorial. Well, yeah. I mean, my dad's got a cross thing. It's because they're they're assuming these people were Christian because it's a cross. Like, oh. I mean. No, wait, no. My dad doesn't have a cross now. It's, they have changed it. Um, but a lot of them have crosses on it. I mean, I, I just, like, I, here's what I don't understand. I, I, I feel like they're, like, it's just childish behavior. Yeah. Right? If it doesn't mean anything to you, yeah. then it doesn't mean anything to you. I just, like, I don't understand. There's a, there's There's people who weren't Christians who have... Uh, symbols, uh, take a Freemason, for example, right? Like, wh- whatever it is. Like, people have got, got symbolism on their headstones. Uh, and, like, I, I just, you know, you've invested a lot. Like, the cross means something to me. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, I don't know what it means. It matters to you. Yeah, yeah. That's, I that's, I it, that's I interesting. All right. Uh, okay. So that's it. Oh, wait. Did I, did I say one? No. So here's what, here's what I had in my head was uh, softly and tenderly. Oh, uh, except for it. Come I mean, it doesn't have much of a death death vibe. It's more for a call to repent. Come on. And I don't know if that implies anything about me upon my demise. <laughs> but um, Jesus is. I don't know. Yeah, it could, it could frighten everybody. Just call him all of his home. That part, like, uh, I like that part. Yeah. So yeah, I like I like to do that one. All right. Uh, I think that was it. I was looking around uh for some articles to look at today, and like. Every Christian website's got like 50 articles about Billy Graham. Yeah. Uh, some guy saying, like, someone, someone was answering a question like, how would Billy Graham respond to this? And I thought, what's happened here? No. What's you, happened? You've missed it, fellas. We've moved away from what would Jesus do into what, what would Billy Graham do? And I feel like Billy Graham wouldn't appreciate it. So, yeah. you know, let's, let's just, uh, let's not feel like we got to put pen to paper every time something flies in your mind. 
you know, yeah, let it sit point. for a bit. Yeah. Billy's like, hey, I'm 99. Leave me alone. Yeah. Now he's like, I'm dead. All right. Can you let me rest in peace? Yeah. yeah I spent my whole life pointing to Jesus and you ask what I think after I'm dead. What's the matter with you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've, I've only been off the scene for a week and a half. And all of a sudden you're asking questions about me. I've been pointing people to Jesus for the last hundred years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. If I wasn't oblivious to it because you're in heaven enjoying the presence of the Lord, I feel like I'd be pretty upset. I'd be like, I mean, the minute I'm gone, you guys are missing it already. <laughs> I spent like, whole life trying to point it away. What was it? Was it uh, uh, Gideon? Well, one of the judges, uh, you know, went to war. They won. It was a big hero. Everything's wonderful. And then he like took like uh, uh, an earring or something from everybody and made a, a golden ephod or something like that. Uh-huh. And and then everybody started worshiping that. And huh? he's like, what? "Stop it! What happened? <laughs> <laughs> this is what got us in, the, in trouble in the first place. Stop it!" <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, why are we like that? Why? why are we, I mean, just people. You know, we're just like that. Uh, yeah, what what is the pull? Like, I mean, like, there's obviously tons of biblical stories of that where uh, people go the wrong direction, they get chastised, something changes, and then like they're good for. I mean, could be a year, could be twenty years, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, it's not even just a slow slide into something. It's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that that cow led us out of Egypt. Sure, yeah. And you're like, what happened? What just happened here? It's it's like the most egregious thing. And I suppose it's always. I'm trying to think, running these stories through my mind. The consistency is. It, it's not. It's not even just. Hey, we didn't. God didn't give us what we wanted. Because in that example, God, you got. God delivered you. You yeah. got exactly what you wanted, and your celebration is to turn to something else. Well, I, I just. I just last Sunday finished preaching through Judges, and it, it was. It was. I. I loved it. It was. It was so much fun. We started out in, in Judges one with this this generational cycle, and then we followed that all the way through Judges of how people did this, and and because you look at that story, you got the for generation one. Is the people leave Egypt? They had a personal experience with God. They saw the, the miracles, you know, all that, that whole thing. Yep. They, they have a group of kids. And they're wandering around in the desert. You know, they they they're growing up so in a, in a you know quote Christian home, uh, that, who they've heard the stories, but they're not personally connected to it, and so they're like, yeah, you know, they're halfway there. Yeah, it's good, it's cool. God's all right, but uh, man, the desert's hot. Right. Third generation. I can't remember what the verse was, Judges one twelve or something. Um, it, it, it was like the third generation comes in and like they did not know God and like they didn't even know the stories. I'm like, what? Well, You've been right. wandering around the de- desert for 40 years and you don't even know the stories? I mean, about what you got you here? They're like there was a whole generation that just completely lost it. They do nothing. Right. And, and they were just completely messed up. And this is after like they got into the you know the promised land and 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 it took three generations to completely wipe out any memory of God, and then that that cycle's repeated over and over and over through Judges uh, of of the next generation diminishes a little bit, and the next generation is like who what yeah, yeah. right uh, we love the Baal like, what what happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah insane yeah it's, yeah boy it's just it's just it's, we're such a uh, I don't we're fickle minded uh, we, nothing persists for very long. Like, I mean, I suppose that's true. I recognize it in my own life, right? Like, yeah. my resolve is uh, three weeks max. Yeah. Like, if I can do something for three weeks, I mean, that is fantastic. I'm on a roll. But uh, I will it, never again do whatever. Well, I did it. Today. Well, there it goes. Well, you know. Hey, look, an ephod. <laughs> <laughs> I love that ephod. <laughs> you know, that's, that's really fantastic. You know, the more I look at that thing, the more I think it's awesome. <laughs> Maybe I should give up my allegiance. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, right. I renounce the one true God, and I say that ephod yeah. led me out of Egypt. Do you think so it would be too. wrong to credit that ephod with a bunch of stuff? No, I think that'd be fine. <laughs> I think it'd be just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. Like the whole thing sounds like a bunch of redneck plotting points. You know, I think that'll work. Do you think religions that have that that are willing to deal with like statues and whatever, like that, they have a, a, a an easier time with this? Because like it seems like the people of God, uh, they tend to move to visual items that they can take in or hold or move around. You know, like every time that they leave from God, they they always want to, uh, you know, have something to sig- sig- uh, signify it. You know, like the golden calf. We got to have something to worship. Got to make it something. They didn't just say, "Hey, let's let's worship this. Let's worship something else." Like they created something to worship and then yeah. worshipped it. And so, like, do you think it's the lack of, of of God and his his idolatry that says, "Look, you can't no worshiping idols or statues or whatever." And we're like, "Well, fine, you know," and and, and we'll bail on an invisible God be, as soon as we find something visually to deal with. Does do, do the Buddhists have the same problem? Because you can get a Buddha statue and hang out with it all the time. There's freaking Buddhists everywhere. I mean, you can't go. You can't order. Uh, you can't order some kung pao chicken without a Buddha looking at you. Ooh, true. So uh, actually, you know what? I mean, maybe maybe one of the things is is because 
this actually has come up. Last week we were talking about uh, spiritual gifts or um, spiritual disciplines and stuff. And like one of the disconnects that I think we tend to run is the disconnection, a disconnect between uh, a physical reality and spiritual reality. Like to a certain extent, we've heightened a spiritual reality and said that that uh, the body is just something that gets in the way of that, as opposed to the body being, frankly, the only way of which it can be expressed in the here and now. Your spirituality and what what Christianity w- without doing that with your body itself, Christianity does not have an external idol to otherwise look at. And so like you lack a physical um, thing. And so I, that is, I suppose, the thing is people are constantly looking for something physical uh, that 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 feels I don't know if it feels real or like it's sitting in the world which God has designed us to be the physical thing like communally like we are the expression of Christianity we are the expression of the true God we are the kingdom of priests who otherwise act as the mediators to a world that needs them like we're it actually and as opposed to looking at each other and being you know encouraged uh, we we still we still find ourselves well maybe it's because we're doing such a crappy job but like we find ourselves I think reaching for other things. To otherwise demonstrate a physical presence of God in the world, um, when it's it's a mirror, really, like that should have been us. And so maybe that's part of the big gap, right? Like is where we stink at that. Um, you start looking for it or, or creating it or, or uh, tying it in other things. And I think for us, there's been times where the church it's been um, it's been like the architecture in the church, right? Like it's it stops being the people. It's the the massive cathedrals right it's something physical that says we love and worship god and and i think those are pure-hearted motives for people they were looking to solve a problem that says how do we how do we bring a physical presence of things going on here or even in the the small simple churches uh what happened to the pulpit who moved who moved the organ what about the communion table you know yeah yeah same same thing right like yeah something that became sacred and it became sacred because it meant something that it didn't it what didn't have to mean it wasn't designed to mean yeah. but we do seem to have a bent as a people to want some physicality and it's it's pretty consistent that god just <laughs> like he's not ever really created like the, the temple existed um I, and he was pretty specific on the inners of the tabernacle yeah that's true but like i suppose it um it's it's clear that like at the time of jesus like it, whereas the the followers of the kingdom of the uh, they are now the new temple with the holy spirit indwelling in you like we see we are struggling with that fierce um and i suppose like a lot where let's see they were having these problems of thinking back did they have the temple when all these things occurred they didn't when they made the golden calf but it's, they were cut shy. The, the Ten Commandments would have been there if they just waited it out and would have solved that problem or at least filled the filled the thing. Um, but some of the other times, I think they it was there. It was available. I don't know. Like, it's always just a half-cocked idea. But I just feel like that's kind of what there's a search for a physicality of our belief system. Um, and, and there are people who are trying to create it in absence of recognizing that it is the community around you. Is there something more to that, like... When you read that story about about when the Ten Commandments were given out and they they come up with this golden calf plan, like it sounds completely ridiculous from our perspective. Is there some cultural references there or something that would make that make more sense? Because they literally said, "Well, they got us here." You know, Moses has been he's been gone forever, and I I don't know if he's coming back down off that thing. Well, and yeah, so we should just fashion this cow there. I mean, they went back to an Egyptian god. So so like it was a golden calf that represented an Egyptian god that they already knew about. Like it's not like they were practicing, practicing yeah. Israelites when yeah, they were it wasn't under like a random. Hey, how about a cow? That's what. That's I mean, what. That's <laughs> how the story reads to me. Yeah, American white man. You know, I'm like, so wait a minute. They couldn't come up with nothing, and then they found some talented dude that could whoop this this gold cow in together. Aaron. I mean, it was Aaron. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like I didn't know a Aaron was a skilled metal metal man. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, it has to look enough like, I mean, would they be less likely to worship a poorly done cow? You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was out of proportion or it didn't look very good. And plus, I mean, I bet that had to take a couple days. You know, it's not like he just had one up and running in five minutes. He had to get a super hot fire and melt his gold down, get a mold ready, or I don't know how they did it. It's pretty impressive, actually, for a mobile rig. I mean, when yeah. you know Moses was only up there for 40 days. So, I mean, if I tried to commission a golden cow statue today... I doubt it would be done within forty days. Yeah, I, it's it's weird though. Like that whole behavior is weird because why? Why would you point back to an Egyptian god? You were a slave in Egypt. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's all they ever knew. It's not like they were fo- they were following the god of the Bible, right? Like during their Egyptian slave times, 
Right, like like they all they were exposed to Egyptian uh, gods. They were they were generationally. Not, no, removed. that's not true. Because remember, what, remember the first thing they asked Pharaoh. The whole thing that started it was they weren't asking to be freed. They said, "Let us go worship God." That's that's what they asked for. Uh, that's probably true. Right. So, like, had Pharaoh granted this, like, they never would have left if he would just let them go worship like they asked. It became a problem because he said, "No, I will not let you go worship your god." Uh, clamp down on that, and then that became a significant problem. That would be odd, though, because, right, like, how many generations away from uh, Joseph were they? And they were still holding strong to the faith? Ain't one Israel, <laughs> ain't one generation of Israel pulled that off, like in the entire Old Testament? Well, I mean, I suppose you don't know whether all of them are holding the faith. Right. There's a group of them that wanted to go worship. Apparently Aaron wasn't. That, what, what was it, 400 years? Yeah, so what's that, 10 generations? How do they do generations, 40 years? I, I, can, I always think they're a little quicker because, you know, I got married earlier. Yeah, every twenty years, I don't know. I, I don't know. Twelve generations. Yeah, ten generations away, and there's pe- people still holding fast. That's pretty good. Yeah, that doesn't really matter. Okay. I'm just saying that, like, that's a pretty skilled dude that can whoop that calf together. Yeah, yeah. Broad point. Good job, Mike. Yeah. Put, <laughs> <to bring> home. <laughs> what a craftsman! Those, those, those idol makers are impressive. <laughs> I mean, it's something that you that you miss out on, like with the rudimentary tools they had when they left Egypt. It just seems way crazy that they can make this golden statue. Was I mean, it hollow? Was it complete? How heavy was it? You know, if it wasn't hollow, I mean, I bet that thing weighed a ton. Yeah. The, the whole thing, really. You read through. I just re- recently read through all that part. You know. Um, in my Bible reading, and uh, it's just kind of cool how God orchestrated everything. Like they're leaving Egypt, and God's like, "Okay, everybody, get an earring or whatever," and they're all getting their stuff. And you're thinking, "Well, what are they going to do with that?" Well, right, yeah. they, you know, they don't have an exchange. There's no, there's no stores. I mean, so everybody, these slaves now own these, you know, oldness gold that they have nothing to do with. They just got to carry it around. Then it's like, okay, we're going to make the tabernacle. Everybody bring some gold. You know, I was like, hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> look at that. God had a plan. You know? <laughs> All right, Mike. What you got? You got some deer life in the path? Yeah, I'm I'm stuck on this cow. I'm gonna look more into it. There's more to this story, Ben. Okay. Okay, here we go. Deer life from the path. I'm struggling because my stepson has chosen to get married on my birthday. <laughs> oh man. I have been his stepmom for eighteen years. It feels like a punch in the chest. My in law family members are saying things like, OMG, how do you feel about that? I can't believe you're going to let that happen. It will no longer be your special day. My feelings are deeply hurt. My husband said it's no big deal and I shouldn't let it bother me. But every time someone asks me about it, I feel hurt. And when I'm finally by myself, I cry. I don't know what to do. I need someone's help. Is what my stepson is doing bad etiquette? A slap in the face or no big deal? Maybe that's the day the venue is open. Yeah, I mean... No, she nailed it. I need help. Yes, you yeah, do. Yeah. Yes. No, it is no, if I have to vote with the three things you gave, that is no big deal. You are significantly overreacting. Yes. It will no longer be your special it day. Is not, listen here. You were not the only person born on that yeah, day. It's you already and the 300,000 other people were born on that day. <laughs> hey, I want you to sit down. There may be someone else with your first name, too. Probably first and last name. <laughs> yeah. There's a Brianna Smith celebrating right now, same age as you. <laughs> Staking all your glory from England, <laughs> where Sussex should be celebrating you all the day. You're so selfish. Oh, I oh. can barely muster up enough energy. I only use my. The only reason I even bring up my birthday is I use his leverage to try to get to go to the buffet. But I mean, past that, I just you know, I just don't even occur to me. That's that's just sad. I just I'm I'm yeah. Here's the thing: is like I, just by the way that you describe the problem. I don't know that us giving you answers is going to help. No. You've you've gotten to this point. There I have been his stepmom for 18 years. It feels like a punch in the chest. It really? <laughs> does it really feel like that? Because, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it doesn't <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, I just, um, no. No, that's not a problem. You're significantly overreacting. And I don't know who your friends are or whatever who keep asking you about this, but they are also overreacting. <sighs> Like the stepson chose the date anyway. You know his wife picked the date. He's just the mon- he's the monkey man in this equation. You gotta hold it like it's some kind of personal grudge trying to steal your birthday thunder. Yeah, what ca- I mean, what is it that you expect to go on on your birthday? I don't know, but if someone else is celebrating their good fortune on the same day, I mean, maybe she does an annual golden cow. Yeah, <laughs> maybe this marriage is the golden cow of the situation. She's she's doing the good thing with the day, and the stepson is making a golden cow to steal all the glory. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, Ben. Yeah, no, no. I, I have, I, yeah. She just, yeah, you were significantly overreacting. Okay. I have no other comment. Here's Secular's advice. 
That your stepson would be married on your birthday isn't a slap in the face. It's a compliment. Okay, yeah, it's not that either. <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't even know your birthday. <laughs> That's correct. Wow. I mean, I've, maybe my birthdays are weighted heavier on the coasts. I just I don't know. Because uh, uh, she continues, if you feel like his fiance, consider her to be the ultimate birthday present. I'm surprised anyone would imply, as your in-laws have, that their anniversary would create any kind of conflict. Think of it this way. Your stepson and his new wife will never forget your birthday. Yeah, take their special day and make it about you. Excellent advice. I would wear black to the wedding. Wow. Yeah. I'd disinvite you. I mean, this is a, I mean, yeah. can I'm, you imagine looking out while you're saying your vows and then you catch your stepmom with her hands all folded up, all angry because the whole day's ruined? I, I, I wouldn't allow her to come. <laughs> I'd say, look, you go ruin this. Why don't you just stay out there? Be mad about by, by yourself. Maybe that's, maybe that's why they chose the date. She thinks so highly of herself and her birthday. They just assume she won't be there. Who maybe. Wow. Well played. <laughs> Maybe she did not invite them to her birthday party the year before. Yeah. I mean, there's the no... Revenge. That's a, Yeah, Dan's right. There, there's no source of this anger besides childish ridiculousness. <laughs> it can only be sourced out of ridiculous behavior. No legitimate cons, cause of concern could have led to this. Yeah. Woman, I'm embarrassed to know you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shame. You should be ashamed of yourself. That's, yeah. that's the advice. Agreed. Okay. We're good. We're hey. <laughs> we need to open up practice. That's good. This is going to test our metal here. Man offers advice to women dating sites. This will be great. Okay, good. <laughs> Dear life from the path, as a single man, I have been on a few dating websites, and I'd like to say something to the women I have encountered. What is it about you that makes you worth my time to pursue? <laughs> Many women show... Hold on. This suave gentleman's picking up the ladies with the I'm fork. liking this so far. Though. Yeah. I hear you just want uh, to get rake them out. There you go. What is it about you that makes you worth my time to pursue? Many women show a lot of pictures, but reveal very little about themselves. Ooh. Then some of them say in their last sentence that they want more than ten words to say hello. These women seem well-educated, but unable to write more than a short paragraph about who they are. Ladies, if you want more than a higher hello, write something about yourselves beyond your likes and dislikes. Describe who you are, what your hopes and dreams are, and I say something that I, as a man, would respond to in my introduction. If you did... It would help me to determine whether I should pursue you. You use language that repels women. <laughs> <laughs> so you say you're single. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, there's, it's, it, he, he might have a solid point, right? Like if you're looking for a high quality husband and you take a bunch of pictures of you leaning down on stuff so everyone can see your goodies, you're probably not going to catch that or you're using the wrong bait, right. right? But a man that uses the word pursue hopes, dreams, I mean, just the way he's writing, it just sounds like a turd. <laughs> so he's creeping me out just a bit. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I've, I've not done the, the online dating, uh, so I mean, I can't speak to it from experience. But I feel like I would, if someone wrote some healthy paragraphs about themselves, I feel like I would pass on. Like I would just walk it by and say, you know, this seems a little too involved for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do all this over the net. Yeah, listen, man. I mean, dudes used to have some stones back in the day where you went up and asked a woman out that you didn't know and knowing the full well she could reject you and then you take her out for a meal and then you ask her about her life and you get to know her right and you're asking that she divulge all that information at once to every stranger that comes on the site uh that i wouldn't want people knowing about me like you know what i'm saying there's things yeah. my soulmate my wife knows like she knows about me that no one else knows that's why you have a relationship like that and so you're asking her to divulge all these things to a bunch of strangers that's stupid. That's dumb. No, that's a good she, point. She's not going to do that, right? You've not you've not earned it. The price of the price of her uh, inner thoughts is not the login for the for the dating website. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit more effort than that. If you want to know it, you go ahead and pursue it. Yeah, that's what it t that's what being a man is, dude. Greg or whatever your stupid name is, the way you can't pursue <laughs> ladies in a reasonable fashion. I'm Greg. Tell me everything I want to know. Then I might be interested. Okay, Greg. Nobody wants to talk to you. You're gonna act that way. Okay, secular's advice. You make a valid point. I'll be sure to reread your letter if I ever need to join a dating site, and so I am sure will my uh, parentheses sisters out there. Thanks for the heads up. Wow. Oh, wow. Boy, we just we're over two on agreeing with secular today. See, I don't know though. See, I, I was originally with secular, but you guys convinced me. It's been flipped. I've been flipped. Can you imagine if I'm you... Like, yeah, woman. <laughs> yeah, give it, give it away. You've met, you've met the majority of men out there, right? Would you like them reading about the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of your daughter on the net? No. Of all the... Yeah, yeah, right. right? 
You're like, hey. I know, guys. They'll use that against them. That's exactly right. I know your favorite flower. Now will you go to bed with me? Yeah, done. No. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's got to, he's got to work for that. Sorry, Greg. Put the cowboy hat on and act like a real man. You're gonna you're gonna get rejected. You're gonna ask questions. You're gonna date five women. You take them all out everywhere. You know, once one a week, and you're gonna get rejected by four out of five. But you're gonna get to know them, and then you're either gonna call it yeah or no. That's that's what dating is. It's a tough it's a tough bird. I I would hate to date. I do not. Man, I hated dating a long time ago. I would hate it more now. Oh, it'd be a disaster. Yeah, oh. I can't imagine. Actually, my my wife and I were talking about that the other day. I would be so irritated if I ever got remarried. Because I feel like this woman would come in and be like, hey, we should change fabric softener. No. No, that's the fabric <laughs> softener we use. This is hey, what we use. Where yeah. do we keep the bowls? Don't you think the bowls would be better up here? No. That's why the bowls are where they're at. I can't take all this. You know what I'm saying? She'd come in and try to, you know, she'd want to live a legit life and make a, a house a home and, and do what normal people do. But I'm like, all these things have been predetermined as all right by me and my first wife. That's right. We've sorted yeah. this out. And you coming in and being like, hey, this is no good. Or we should get a new dog. Or I don't like the color of the house. Yeah. Well, who are you? <laughs> my neighbor just went through that. and His wife had passed away. Some time went by. He's with a new person. And she's changed everything. Uh-huh. Everything. Colors. Even where the entrance to the house is. Oh, man. And I was just like, man. She's put a lot of work in, you know, the previous wife was really proud of this house. Yeah. She wouldn't recognize it. But that's part of it, I suppose. If you're the new person, you're like, oh, I gotta make, you know, we gotta, you gotta erase that other yeah. person now. That's I, mean, tough. I, I get that too. Yeah, yeah. It's completely understandable. I just, I, I'm with Michael. I'd fight I, it the whole way though, yeah. So, yeah, I couldn't no. do it. I, I think I'd be, I'd be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I, I mean, I could talk uh, for hours on, on all the very little things that would irritate me. But, uh, I think it just would just be awful. Just absolute awful. I don't know. Okay, here we go. That's one. Dear life from the path. My sister-in-law has had an incredible amount of cosmetic work done, Mm. particularly on her face. She is constantly looking for the next new thing to try to look younger. Push this up, tighten that up, erase these marks, etc. She is a pretty girl, and she thinks this is making her better looking, but it's making her look worse. Mm -hmm. Shall I let her know how I feel about it, (laughs) about what she's doing, or leave it alone? Who is this? My, it's not going to help. It's a sister-in-law. I mean, I sympathize with what you're saying. Uh, I, I don't know where people lost the concept of like, hey, that don't look like, that's not natural. Yeah. You cannot be the age that you are. No one, like, that doesn't, people aren't amazed. They're suspicious. Yeah. It's uh, got to be like a mental, you know, you know like I make mean, the anorexia thing. It's like, oh, I'm so fat. It's like, no, you're, you're 30 pounds underweight. That's you know? right. Yeah. yeah. But they really honestly see something differently. That has to be the same thing with this. Yeah. And it, t- I mean, it tends to be a reflection. There's like a self-confidence issue there. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and so like I get it. Um, but, but I, th- she's not going to hear it. Um, she's probably not going to hear it in the way that you want to say it. Like, so yeah. like whatever the underlying issue is, if, if there's any way that you can help with that self-esteem stuff and, you know, reminding them that they are, are valued and loved, uh, who they are and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I think that will, that will go a long way. Um, but yeah, I think not based on physical. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I think the straight up uh, criticism, though, is probably not going to be uh, taken well or have the impact that you want. No, no, no. I would deliver the straight up criticism. I disagree completely. Let's say Ben showed up in here wearing a toupee. And I said, what the hell is that, Ben? <laughs> Why? That looks terrible. <laughs> I mean, do I love Ben or not? Yes, I do. He looks terrible in that toupee. And I'm going to tell him so. So other people don't cri- don't criticize him behind his back. I feel like you'd say it. I feel like you just say, hey, look, man, I can tell you're definitely wearing a toupee. It looks really good. Um, yeah, so two two things, though, is like, one, our relationship sustains that. Uh, two, um, <laughs> I don't know if I would come in here in a toupee. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, uh, um, well, what does that have to do with it? Let's say that you did. <laughs> uh, or let's say you had some work done. <laughs> at what point does someone tell Michael Jackson, uh, you're white and you don't have a nose? You know, yeah. You look goofy. Yeah. No, no. I got one more. I got one more to go. No, I do not. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, getting to where I'm trying to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm they in the don't process. See it. They just don't see it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't put you in the business of lying to them. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but what, what I'm, I, I, the point is not whether what you're saying is true. It's whether it's effective. Yeah. Right? So, like, if you want to be effective, if you want to influence the behavior, uh, I think there's a better ways of doing it. I think you're going to be wasting your breath and not making any progress by going about it how you want. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but I mean, I waste my breath telling the truth to people all the time. It's not effective. It doesn't mean that I stop doing it. I do it when I tell them about Jesus all the time and they completely patently ignore me. It doesn't mean I give up. 
Uh, just keep having at it. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I'm I, just, I think there, I think there are. Um, you're playing. You're treating it as if going for the underlying problem is somehow not true. It's not a false thing. It's the actual thing. Okay, so you're beating about the the peripherals. So, so instead of saying, "Ben, uh, look, I, I see that you've worn that toupee. It makes you look stupid, or like a like a woolly mammoth. I think this is a huge mistake." You you come in with a toupee, and I say, "Ben, how's your self esteem?" No, you say, "Ben, how do you view you, view yourself?" Ben, you are a strong, bold man. <laughs> <laughs> the world can't wait for your light to shine. Yeah, you've, you've made been... a you've made a golden calf out of the top of your head, <laughs> and it makes me sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can be right and ineffective all you want. If that's, I mean, if that's the parade you want to be the be the lead master of. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was so right and yeah. did not positively impact the situation at all. <laughs> Done. I'm saying I'm saying that like, like your 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 alternative is some magical other way of doing it, which I don't see. What do you mean? You spend quality time with people and help them help them build up their self confidence. No, I, I, that doesn't work. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> you just need to tell them. That I they, don't. I think you're. I think it's not apples to apples to compare that and people receiving the gospel. Listen, my experience with this world is is obviously true for everyone. <laughs> All right, let's see what secular says. Secular says what your sister in law does with her face and her body is her business, just as what you are doing or not doing with yours is your choice. Much as you are tempted to tell her that her attempts to look better are futile, I wouldn't word it that way. If you want a cordial relationship with her, keep your opinion to yourself. Yep, that's not how I like to have all my loving relationships, cordially. I wouldn't want to offend you or tell you the truth about anything, just like Ben lives. What? That was not what I'm saying. Yeah, you throwing shade my way. Whoa, sweet Moses. <laughs> <laughs> things, are, things are fine. <laughs> you, th- you throwing me the shade for trying to tell the truth to people. You want to soft shoe it and be like, hey, I guess that looks fine. You look like a little tyke's car. And uh, no one can notice <laughs> that you had this, had this work done. <laughs> Your face is a toupee. <laughs> You're still alive from the past. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We, uh, hey, either you don't listen to the show or nobody has any... Uh, uh, interaction with spiritual disciplines, which means you're in the same boat as me, and we're coming after it together, boys. Uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks I'll follow up. We're going to put some direction on this thing. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we will see you next week. Be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. And keep my eyes.